It's November 11th, 2020. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we have Ellen Ng from the Hawaii Technology Development Corporation, and she's here to tell us about the upcoming virtual tech job fair. And then we'll be joined by Alex Harris from the Harold Castle Foundation, along with Keala Peters from the Chamber of Commerce and Stephen Schatz from UH's P20 Partnerships for Education to talk about resources to navigate the Hawaii career pathway. First up, I want to welcome Ellen back to the show. And of course, she's the uh, Economic Development Specialist over at HTDC. And they have a virtual job fair coming up. Welcome to the show, Ellen. Hey, Bert. Thanks for having me. So uh, how often are these virtual job fairs? Because I remember you there was one not too long ago, right? Maybe a couple months ago? Yeah, so this is our, actually our second mini virtual type job fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started the first one last month. Um, and the reason why we started doing it, uh, you might be familiar with HTDC's annual holiday job fair that happens in December. Right. Um, but because of the pandemic, you know, we're not sure if we're going to be able to do that um, on a larger scale this year. And, you know, we have had a lot of companies that have been reaching out across, you know, the, the last couple of months asking us if we could help share job opportunities, you know, with the community mm-hmm. because that they know that, you know, people are actively searching for jobs. So because of that, we decided, like, hey, you know, why not make it a smaller, intimate event where, you know, we can increase kind of the interaction between potential candidates and companies that are hiring. Yeah, yeah, it sounds good. So how does this uh, job fair kind of work? So typically when, you know, the uh, the holiday job fair, you go to the different booths and you can talk to the folks about, you know, opportunities. But in, in the, the virtual world, how are you going to kind of pull off that uh, interaction? Yeah, so that's a great question. So again, you know, everything is um, going to be executed through Zoom, uh, which we have been relying on for the last couple of months. Um there are two sections to the mini virtual tech drop fair. The first one, you know, being a main session where different representatives from each of the companies that we are featuring would come on to talk about, you know, the company culture and then the roles that they are hiring for. Mm-hmm. And then after that segment, they, you know, the representatives from the company would actually be transported to a, a separate kind of a breakout room where they would be able to meet with other uh, candidates who are interested in learning more about the company. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. Each, each section is 30 minutes. Um, yeah. And the second, ses- the second section where they are able to talk directly to the company in the breakout session is you know, the intimate part of it. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, who do you have participating in this upcoming virtual job fair? Yeah, so for this uh, upcoming one, it's pretty exciting. We'll be having people from uh, American Savings Bank, Hawaiian Telecom, Texa, and Circle join us mm-hmm. um, at the virtual job fair. And do you have uh, you know an, uh, an idea as to how many people might uh, participate in this job fair? Yeah, so I mean, actually at the last one, we had about 100 registered oh, wow. um, to attend the event. Uh, in terms of, you know, kind of a no-show rate, it's usually 50 to 60 percent. So mm-hmm. there was definitely a drop in terms of the people who show up. Um, however, you know, for this upcoming one, we are not going to be recording the session, you know. So we would encourage uh, people who actually register to come and show up virtually so that they have the opportunity to 
to learn and interact, you know, with the different companies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, uh, when is this taking place? Uh, so this is going to be taking place on November 17th, so next week, Tuesday, and it starts at 7.45. In addition to the four companies that will be coming, we also have a speaker from LinkedIn uh, who will be kind of sharing some tips on how you can position yourself uh, for technical roles on LinkedIn. Oh, that's great. That's great. So uh, do you expect everybody to pretty much be online from the uh, 7.45 all the way to 11 o'clock? Uh, you know, again, it depends on kind of the different companies that you want to learn about. I mean, if you are interested in all of them, then I would encourage you to come on at 745 mm-hmm. uh, just to understand how this whole thing works and you know, to settle in and, and make yourself comfortable. But we do provide the different breakout times uh, for the different sessions on our Eventbrite page. So you're welcome to, jo- to register and then join at the time uh, of the company uh, that you're interested in. I'm curious to find out if uh, you know you've um, heard back from any of the participants that they actually landed a job. Uh, I, you know, we have gotten some feedback. I think, you know, for most of them, you know, it's really kind of just understanding some of the opportunities out there um, and how they can prep for the roles as opposed to actually applying for that mm-hmm. for that role. So we haven't really heard about uh, whether anyone landed a position. Sounds good. Well, so uh, where can people go to sign up? Um, so they can visit our website, htbc.org, or, you know, uh, just basically check our social media sites out. Um, information about the job fair is on there as well. Yeah, very good. I'll, Facebook and LinkedIn. I'll check it out on, uh, I'll go and uh, check out the htbc.org page, and then I'll probably find the event, right? And then I will post that up on our show notes for uh, later on tonight. Thanks, Ellen, for yeah. joining us. Thank you so much. And, of course, we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Alex Harris from the Harold Castle Foundation and uh, Keala Peters from the Chamber of Commerce along with Stephen Schatz from UH's P20 Partnerships for Education, and we'll talk about the Hawaii, Hawaii Career Pathways. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, locations, and Honolulu Waldorf School. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. I'm glad to welcome Alex Harris back. Uh, he is the Vice President of Programs over at the Harold Castle Foundation. Keala Peters, and she's the uh, Vice President of Education and Workforce Development over at the Chamber of Commerce. And Stephen Schatz, Executive Director at University of Hawaii's P20 Partnerships for Education. And, of course, we're here to talk about and navigate through the Hawaii Career Pathways. Welcome, everybody, to Bite Marks Cafe. Thanks, Bert. Thanks so, for having us. Well, it's great to have you guys all back on. Of course, Alex uh, was on a couple of shows ago, and and we were kind of uh, talking uh, as a as a guest for uh, the news segment. And it was so interesting that I, I wanted to have uh, a, a little more lengthy discussion about the Hawaii Career Pathways because, especially during this period of time when you know everybody is really interested in in uh, what might be some of the other alternatives or opportunities that they could explore. Uh, and, and looking at the Hawaii Career Pathways, I thought that was a, a very interesting uh, initiative, I guess, that uh, kind of got started up as a result of uh, this, whole, this whole pandemic. But uh, maybe, Alex, maybe go ahead and start off and tell us a little bit about uh, what the uh, Harold Castle Foundation, how they got involved with this and, and the role that you folks played. 
Sure. Thanks again for having me on, Bert. Um, so our goal at the Harold Castle Foundation is for young people to be able to live their most ambitious dreams. Uh, and we've been increasingly focused on how to get young people, especially those that are low income uh, or maybe first gen in their family to go to college uh, to and through some form of a post-secondary degree or certificate. Uh, and, you know, recently we've been focusing more and more on making sure that they're ending up in fields that are recession resistant uh, and that pay them an ability to uh, take care of their family. Um, you know, so this, this work sits at the intersection between K-12 education, higher education, uh, and the workforce and employers. Um, and just I'm really pleased to be joined uh, by Steve and Cal today. Yeah, no, great. And, and uh, Stephen, I mean, this is the first time I've, I've uh, had you on uh, Bite Marks Cafe, and I'm, I'm pleased to have you as a guest. And maybe tell us a little bit about, obviously, P20. I mean, it's the, it's the education side of the equation. And uh, going from you know K through twelve all the way to higher ed, higher ed. and how how do you see, uh, I guess basically getting involved with this project and 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 of course we'll talk a little bit about some of the other projects that uh, you folks are involved in. But how did how did the 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 P twenty uh, organization I guess really embrace this uh, Hawaii career pathways? Well, you know, I think P20 has always been involved in trying to facilitate conversations and alignment between the K-12 system and the higher ed system within the state and trying to make it so that within a, from a student perspective, there's coherence. The courses that uh, they take in high school, the experiences that, that they have end up making sense when they eventually matriculate to one of the 10 University of Hawaii campuses. I think what's new is we have a third sort of um, peg of the stool, which is that we're collaborating really well with workforce. And so now you have this unprecedented uh, collaboration between the K-12 system, the higher ed system, and the business and industry um, to really find ways to empower individual students to pursue their dreams, but also do so in such a way that it helps the economy of the state that it helps our businesses, and that it helps our students to live and thrive right here in the state of Hawaii. Um, often we ask our kids, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? But, but we, get, we have to start asking them whether or not they want to live here in Hawaii um, because we, we need to build pathways that make sense for our students um, so that they can live and thrive and make a living wage and be happy and healthy right here in the state. So, so Stephen, was this something that... Uh was really brought to light as a result of the pandemic? I mean, obviously, even before the pandemic, I mean, we were already seeing kind of an, uh, you know, uh, this this uh, vacuum that was created by uh, primarily kind of 18 to 18 to 30-year-olds that were basically exiting from the islands. I mean, uh, so this is not something new. Uh, and, and so, but what, what did the pandemic really kind of bring it to, bring it to uh, the, the, the top of mind? I think that's exactly right. I think everybody is sort of looking at the practical reality of ensuring that um, our students, when they graduate from our institutions, have jobs and that those jobs are paying a living wage. Um, you know, the pandemic has sort of exposed uh, the fact that our economy is so tourism dependent and that those jobs aren't always what's going to help folks to make ends meet. So we have to think about what... Um, other industries there are that we can um, 
collaborate with so that um, students can go through the educational pipeline and, and be um, living and thriving here. Um, there are a ton of jobs in healthcare. There are a lot of jobs in some of the skilled trades. And so we're working with the high schools and the community colleges and business to kind of create those pathways, create that coherence um, so that it's, it's a really nice, clean, step-by-step -step process for our students. Now, for, uh, for the commercial sector, uh, Keala, you're representing the Chamber of Commerce, and, and in the chamber, I mean, there's a, a fairly pretty wide uh, uh, representation of all of what Stephen just described in terms of the workforce. So how do you, how do you see bringing the chamber uh, and the companies that you represent into this, this pathway, given that, you know, this is, yeah. ra you know, rather something new being the kind of the, the third leg of the stool? Mm -hmm. Thanks, Bert, for having us on. So, you know, as you know, the, the chamber exists to support Hawaii's business community. And being able to have a skilled workforce is, is critical uh, to our local business community's success. And that's the same for small businesses and large businesses regardless. Not only do they need to have a skilled workforce, but we really want them to have a local skilled workforce. Mm -hmm. And so business and industry understands that they have to play a role uh, in, in developing Hawaii's workforce and really building their own talent pipeline. And so uh, we've long had local businesses who play a role in um, exposing students to real-world work experiences. We call it work-based learning. And um, those experiences that our local businesses can offer to students really can make a transformative difference. Um, they can identify what their passions and interests are, but they can actually get some tangible experience to validate that that's perhaps a career that they'd like to go, go into. So, you know, our business community has been generous with their time. Um, we need more of them to step up and participate in work-based learning. Um, and they get, they get that this is in their own self-interest mm -hmm. to be able to develop uh, their own talent pipeline. Alex, you know, you mentioned that uh, this is something that was, uh, you know, kind of in the works for the last couple of years. And, and over the last couple of years, of course, pre-pandemic, uh, was it, was obviously the pandemic brought all of this kind of to light. But what was it that you identified that uh, really needed to happen to bring everybody together at this, at this stage of the game? Because if you were working on it for two years, it, it probably had a certain cadence but was there something that uh, you needed to do to, to, you know, up the up the um, uh, activity? I guess going on in terms of uh, making this happen now. Oh, you're you're exactly right, Bert. And maybe I can just uh, answer your your question um, through providing an example. So uh, many of your listeners may know that um, Hawaiian Electric Company is making massive investments in the renewable energy sector. Mm -hmm. Uh, something to the tune of three and a half to four billion dollars, um, and they've identified 29 developers, uh, which represent hundreds and hundreds of jobs uh, for the state. And each of these developers are asking whether there is a talent force, uh, a, ta a labor market um, that they can tap into here in Hawaii, or whether they need to Im import folks from the mainland. And at the same time, you have young people who have a real passion for sustainability and, and renewable energy, and. And so what a career pathway does is it essentially um, knits together the high school, post-secondary, and the employer. So in this case, uh, you have folks, places like Pearl City High School, which is developing an academy 
of clean energy. And, and they're having to figure out what are the set of math and science courses that students can take that really prepare them for success in these jobs and then work far more closely than they ever have before with a community college partner to understand the degree or certificate and that, that's uh, going to prepare them um, for the clean energy uh, sector. Uh, and the only way you can do that is when the employer is at the table uh, and, and saying, you know, here, here are the degrees and certificates that we really value when we're hiring. Uh, here's the level of math and science that we need our young people to have. Um, and, and so instead of sort of finger pointing uh, across these different areas, um, you know, there's just been an increasing uh, commitment to getting together mm -hmm. uh, sector by sector and, and hammering out these agreements for exactly what it'll take and then sharing that information with, with parents and, and counselors and students and others so that they can make informed choices uh, for their lives. So you bring up an interesting point. Um, who's the one doing the hammering it out? Because your example that you just described, obviously there's people that need to kind of herd or, or uh, you know, kind of bring everybody together. And, and who, <clears throat> who exactly is that? Is that, is that uh, Stephen and his group or is it uh, Keala? I mean, who's herding all the cats? That's a great question. And as you point out, uh, Bert, there's, there's no single organization that has Kuliana in this sort of in-between space. Uh, and so, you know, I think I would like to credit both the, the chamber and P20 for really stepping up and organizing people on the education side and, and people on the business and industry side, and then helping to kind of translate uh, those worlds for each other so that we can sit down and have productive planning conversations both at a, a regional level, um, but also at a state level. No, that's great. That's great. And, and you know, I do want to uh, ask Stephen a couple questions about the um, uh, pathway, especially since I've been pretty involved with some of the uh, computer science efforts, uh, especially uh, uh, with the DOE. Uh, but we want to <clears throat> hold that thought for a brief second. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Alex Harris from the Castle uh, Harold Castle Foundation, along with uh, Keala Peters from the Chamber of Commerce and Stephen Schatz from UH's P20 Partnerships for Education. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to Alex Harris, who is with the Harold Castle Foundation, and Keala Peters from the Chamber of Commerce, and Stephen Schatz from UH's P20 Partnerships for Education. We're talking about creating Hawaii's career pathways, and right before the break, uh, you know, we were talking about the, um, you know, some examples of how the private sector kind of uh, connects up with the educational system and students and, and better understanding how students can actually create pathways uh, for potential jobs. And, and one of the things I wanted to ask you, Stephen, is, you know, I've been, I've been involved with some of this uh, computer science and education, and, you know, there were um, some bills a couple of years ago that really helped to establish computer science as a, as a uh, foundational uh, piece of curriculum and, and introduced into the K through 12. And so my, my, I guess my uh, question is around, from a P20 standpoint, how has <clears throat> your organization helped to kind of help drive some of that uh, CS in the K-12 through 12, 
uh, environment. I mean, being that you're part of UH and you got the the DOE and and the DOE is working through all their layers of of uh, you know getting uh, uh, whether it's complexes or principals or students and you know and mentors. I mean, there's a whole hierarchy of of uh, involvement that needs to take place for uh, CS to really take hold into the schools. And just kind of curious what what uh, your your um, uh, operations, how you interact with that effort? Well, mostly our work um, on career pathways has started with trying to help regional teams create coherent pathways. And, and one of those that we're working with right now is a partnership between Campbell High School with Leeward Community College um, and BizGenics, um, exactly as you mentioned, in the computer science area. And so, again, we, we are, you know, one of our really primary responsibilities is to get the right people in the room to do the planning. Um, and I think all, uh, all of the efforts in the past to create pathways have sometimes um, not been as successful as they could have been. And I think one of the reasons is every does, everybody does their own planning and implementation within their institution. And we're trying to create a new model where, the three legs of the stool sit at the table together. So you have business and industry, you have college, and then you have high school, and they all sit down and say, okay, what are we trying to accomplish here, for whom, and how are we all going to benefit from it? So the planning itself um, includes everyone from the beginning, and we're, um, I don't want to say herding cats, as you said earlier, (laughs) but that is part of our role is to help to facilitate the conversation and and we wake up sort of every day thinking about the intersection between the institutions because what happens in the education pipeline is you often lose students at every single transition point. So mm-hmm. between 12th grade and college, you lose kids. Between college and the workforce, you lose kids. Between 8th grade and ninth grade, you lose kids. So we sort of wake up thinking about how to make sure that that doesn't occur. Now I, um, you know, I was uh, introduced to Peter Quigley a while back, and and there's a Hawaii Career Explorer, which I think comes out of the community colleges. I'm I'm curious, Stephen, how does that uh, kind of intersect with with uh, Hawaii Career Pathways? That um, Hawaii Career Explorer site is a great resource for the teams that are building pathways because before they even determine what pathways make sense for their individual regions. They have to look at the data. They have to figure out what um, what careers actually make sense regionally, what are going to um, get kids to living wages in Hawaii. And so that, that site has been a real great resource for um, the teams to decide on which bets to make. And, and I think Keala and, and her team has been using that site as well. No, that's that's great, and and that sort of helps me uh, ask uh, Keala, you know, the question, you know, in, in terms of um, getting students interested in uh, the variety of different kinds of job opportunities. Uh, it, it is it is it primarily driven by the uh, the businesses that you represent. I mean, how how do the opportunities get revealed uh, when you get everybody at the table? Is it primarily driven by those businesses? So, you know, 
a lot of what's done in our community is data-driven. And so we do take every opportunity to survey our employers and understand what their um, employment needs are. We can forecast out using labor market data mm-hmm. what the needs will be you know, by occupation. And so there's a lot of that data that's helping to drive um, a lot of the work that we're doing. But, you know, Alex talked about everybody really having some kuleana to drive pathway work. And um, I'll share with you a brief example of um, some work that's really going to have a, an impact on developing more students interested in STEM careers. Um, and so you might be familiar with the sector partnership work that the Chamber and the University of Hawaii um, co-convenes. Mm-hmm. And we're about, we're about to kick off pilot projects with three school complexes uh, on Oahu that are going to put uh, industry leaders in the classroom from K through 12 um, participating in a coordinated sequence of work experiences for the students. It could be guest speaking, it could be site visits, but it starts at a young age to expose students to STEM careers. It helps build their interest and it helps build their acumen so that by the time they get to senior year, they've been able to participate in all of these real world work experiences, have a true idea of what a a career in STEM might be um, and be well prepared. They've taken the right math courses, et cetera. And the end result is that Hawaii will have more students interested in STEM careers, but we'll also have uh, a high caliber of trained and ready employees to fill many, many of the jobs that exist in our community um, in this growing field. So, Kiara, one of the things that I'm, I'm kind of curious about is, you know, it's, it's, it's great to prepare all the students for, uh, let's say, potential STEM jobs. How do you identify the, the future jobs? And a lot of the businesses, I mean, they're working kind of day-to-day on the current work and jobs that they, they have and need to fulfill. But how do you start to identify some of the future jobs that might be, you know, three to five to ten years out and, and, and match the career pathway with those future jobs? Right. You know, um, the three uh, groups represented on this call today actually just two weeks ago launched in partnership also with Kamehameha Schools a new project called Promising Credentials in Hawaii. And what we did was a lengthy process of looking at labor data to be able to forecast the jobs of the future. And, and you can do that by looking at job postings, et cetera. Um, so we started by looking at the, the forecasted jobs, but most importantly, we then asked the employers, what credentials and certifications do you value for those occupations? And so now what that has resulted in, Bert, is a list of what we're calling Promising Credentials in Hawaii. There are over 2,000 credentials our students could spend their time getting. We've narrowed it down to 137 credentials that our local employers say matter most to them. And so now we can help our education partners maybe tweak their curriculum offering, enhance their curriculum offering so that they're truly preparing students today for the jobs that our employers will have tomorrow. No, oh, that's great. That's great. So, Alex, uh, you know, tell me uh, in the last uh, sort of 30 seconds or so, you know, in terms of uh, these uh, uh, promising credentials, you know, the program itself, where, I mean, where can people find out more and how can they actually participate? Sure, Bert. Uh, your listeners can go to www.hawaiicareerpathways.org uh, to find information on all the resources that we've talked about today. Uh, and in terms of participation, I would just encourage uh, students to talk with their counselors or advisors, uh, their parents, uh, and employers uh, to talk to their employees who might be interested in 
uh, going back to school and, and upskilling and uh, continuing their growth. Very good. I'll put that up on our show notes and uh, encourage people to check this out. This is a great, great sounding program. Alex Harris is the vice president of programs over at the Harold Castle Foundation. Kiala Peters, vice president of education and workforce development over at the Chamber of Commerce. And Stephen Schatz, executive director at University of Hawaii's P20 Partnerships for Education. And of course, I want to thank you all for joining us today. Thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. Join us next week when we'll talk about digital innovation in the new normal. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chung. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You stay safe, stay awesome, and we'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe. Yeah.